Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thanks. thank you for making us part of your day. We're here at the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Stop by and see us. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Plus, we have a bunch of great jazz gear hanging out, just waiting for you. In fact, some nice golf shirts over there. The beanie's still left. Come on by and see us. want to remind you about our friends at Cypress Credit Union. With the lowest fees and quickest keys, Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit any Cypress branch or Cypress. CypressCU.com for details. Gordon, let's mix in a little uh, college athletics here. We've got Mark Pope joining us at uh, 5.30, and we've been very heavy on the jazz today. But I want to get your thoughts about uh, some comments made by the new uh, uh, USC athletic director, Mike Bone, and curious if you're making anything out of this. Okay. All right, he went on kind of a, a random podcast, and of course he's a, a different style of athletic director than USC has had uh, recently, Gordon, meaning um, competent. <laughs> what a contrast. Uh, indeed, but he is more of kind of an administrator than, say, a celebrity, Okay, like, like Lynn Swan <laughs> and any of the other miserable athletic directors <laughs> they've had over the past 20 years. All right. Uh, and I'm interested to see which direction he takes USC and the athletic department. But, of course, the struggles of the Pac-12 financially have been a big story. Indeed. We're all waiting for the renegotiation or the negotiation, I guess, of the new media rights deal coming up in 2024. And for the most part, Mike's comments on this podcast were very supportive to Larry Scott in the conference, as, as you would expect. However, he was asked if USC would consider going independent or joining another conference. And uh, this was the quote he said. He said, quote, I think right now, and Larry would agree with this, everything is on the table, unquote. That quote should scare the living daylights out of uh, Larry Scott. Right? Okay, I'm glad you said that because that was my exact reaction, and mm-hmm. I worried, like, oh, am I just fanning the flames here? Am I just reading into everything? Well, I'm, that not, is, I'm not saying it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. That's but the worst nightmare for everybody in the pack. Indeed, man. If SC is looking around going, man, you clowns are costing us all kinds of money, we're out of here. There's even been talking, this would be the irony of all ironies, wouldn't it, that these big-name programs from around the country – would finally bolt from their conferences and go independent. <laughs> After all of our discussions about BYU and independence, wouldn't that be a kick in the pants? But I, I obviously, hope that doesn't happen. I don't think it will. But I mean, I've seen you've seen speculation about that, though. Uh, yes, because it would probably be the right financial move for USC for for a team for for a program that that, that could. Demand big, big, big bucks. And this is the problem that if everything actually boils down to money, you know, things are going to unravel quickly. I mean, we can all see the scenarios, and none of them, by the way, are good for Utah and the majority of the Pac-12. If USC leaves, who knows who follows, and at that point, what are you left with, and what caliber of league is that considered? Mm -hmm. You know, if USC and Oregon leave the conference, and I'm just plucking those two because from a brand standpoint, they're probably the biggest right now. You know, how much further ahead is the Pac-10 at that point than the Mountain West Conference? I mean, 
But how do you feel about that, Jake? Is it is it uh, incumbent upon the conference to do a good enough job administrating it, leaving it, to keep its individual programs, its individual schools happy with their situation? I get it that at some point some schools are greedy and maybe too demanding. I understand that. But you've at least got to keep the head of the conference above water. And the Pac-12 hasn't been doing that. If I were SC, I'd be looking into it. Wouldn't well, you? Well, except for arguably SC hasn't really held up their end of the bargain either. Well, they mean, just happen yeah. to be USC, so now they can they can That's true. That's true. leverage all this stuff. That's what a great, they, that's what a great actually lately? that's a great point. Because you could make but, but a real be, argument but because that the sh- of the legacy of that program, and everybody knows the value of it. Right now, it's kind of a sleeping, slumbering, stumbling giant. Yeah, but you could make a real argument that a lot of these, you know, national shortcomings is because their bell cow sucks. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that's necessarily the way they would look at it. Well, no, because it's the University of Spoiled Children, after mm-hmm. all. But it's the it's the problem with how it's all set up. But the, but but because yeah, not everybody's that. equal. But because of the bad decisions made at the head of the table in the Pac-12, all you know, a, a program like SC is not getting its money's worth, even though, and there are other schools that are making way more money than SC is that are nowhere near on the same level that SC so would be. So thus, the the model that they have splitting all revenue equally is certainly a flawed one from their perspective. Yes, and that. Regardless of the next TV deal, that's never going to to be that's never going to be equal. But maybe they are willing to tolerate that as long as they feel like they're getting optimum, that the league itself is earning optimum dollars, optimal. Why? Because they're still sharing more than they're. I understand it. They're bringing in. Yeah, they're still sharing. Well, they're sharing sharing their their money with Washington State. Exactly. And Oregon State. So this is bad news because USC at some point will do exactly what Texas did with the Big 12. And the Pac-12 better capitulate or they're finito because they, they don't have any leverage. I didn't know you spoke Italian. I don't. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it would be I, – I, I, would, I would imagine that since that quote came out that maybe uh, a phone call was made. Now here's the the biggest doomsday, and I who did I hear talking about this earlier? Maybe DJ and PK, or maybe with Scotty and Hans. But anyway, the 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 worst case scenario is if you know the valuable part of the Big Twelve and the valuable part of the Pac Twelve get together, get together, and decide that they can equate the SEC's value easier together than they can apart, and then all of a sudden, in any circumstance of that matter, Utah's on the outside looking in. But don't you have to have someone to beat up? What is what does that matter? If all the top programs got together and formed some sort of alliance, who's going to lose? Uh, UCLA, <laughs> the valuable program that's coming in that uh, has value regardless. Remember, USC and UCLA were mentioned by Rick Neuheisel. Uh, I believe that was on our our station when he was talking about. I hope I'm not misquoting here, but I I, I almost. I'm almost certain that he was talking about how schools like SC and UCLA could leave the Pac-12 and go elsewhere. Right. So, and that was, what was that, a year or two ago? So, so I mean, something's, someone's ruminating about something out there. 
So in in the best case scenario for Utah, they want to happen exactly what you were talking about a minute ago. That UC USC still is overly generous, and somehow. 12 can hit some sort of mark where they don't care about how much money they're not making. <laughs> well, within reason. The way it's going right now, I can see why the complaining is loud. And I imagine that it is. And I told you about the correspondence I've had with... I had a school president send me an email because that individual read something that I wrote. No, this is not a Casey Kasem story. A little bit, though. No, not really. Because I didn't, I didn't expect this, and it was remarkable what was in that email. Dear Gordon, about how how upset certain powers that be are 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 with the, the Pac-12. I mean, it was unmistakable. I got a letter from Casey Case discussing something I had written. Said I'm a fan, and I really enjoyed this. It was really, really good. Dear Gordon, this person, this is Casey. This, <laughs> I was flattered. I was. I just tell him like it is. I mean, no. down on the phone. They do it to me every time. Every time, man. Come in from an upbeat record. <laughs> All right. So that wait, was, wait, wait, wait. up tempo numbers, man. It's impossible to make those transitions. Now we got to hear it. The we, whole thing. Now we got to hear. Thing? It. The whole we, we, thing we got to like, hear it. It's like 10 Look, minutes long. I know, but we got to hear it. I want a concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a up-tempo record every time I do a death dedication. That's my favorite part. I like the clips. Death dedication. What was shocking is when I heard it without the beeps in it. Our dog snuggles. <laughs> Play the whole thing, Austin. It's worth it. All right. Give Austin a second. Remember, the no, studio's on fire, but, 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 and he's in a different... Now, oh, we're up to our long-distance dedication. And this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio, and here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's come start again from coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. <clears throat> See, when you come out of those up-tempo numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions, and then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what they do it for, but if we can't come out of a slow record. I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? Okay, I want a concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a up-tempo record every time I do a death dedication now make it and i also want to know what happened to the pictures i was supposed to see this week this is the last time i want somebody uses brain to not come out of a record that is uh that, that's up tempo and i got to talk about a dog dying <laughs> that will never it's always funny less than is, funny. is don on the phone <laughs> and by the way the photos the pictures get those for me I'm telling you, they do it to me every time. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so because Casey was so smooth on the air, you know. It just you would never expect that tone of voice. All right, real quick here because we've got Mark Pope coming up at five thirty, Gordon. But uh, I do want a chance for you to be publicly wrong about your column today. Uh okay. <laughs> well, explain why why you're wrong. Uh, it, obviously, Jake and I disagree on this topic, but uh, I, I discussed the 
the idea that the NCAA is entertaining now about uh, the uh, changing the transfer rule, a one-time transfer without penalty. The uh, the Big Ten was the first conference to bring this up and to, to, to suggest it. The ACC, your beloved conference, is uh, seeming to be swimming in that same direction. And it looks like the committee that works on these kinds of things, the waivers and whatnot, is in full favor of having this happen. And I agree with it. I think it is the way to be. It is the way to do your business. I understand that it's going to create some problems for some coaches and from, for, for some schools. And there are some worries about this wild, wild west that's going to be out there. Everybody recruiting each other's players and all this stuff. Uh, I do, first of all, I think that's overblown. I don't think that will happen as much as people say it will because players like and I use the example of Zach Moss. Zach Moss goes to Utah. He has he builds this great career there. You think midway through that, if SC had come knocking on his door, that Zach would have said, OK, yeah, I'm going to uproot. And I'm going to head to Troy. No, that wouldn't have happened. So I, I think that's uh, a bit of an overblown fear. But let freedom ring, baby. Let let uh, you you have a seventeen year old out there who agrees to go to a school somewhere on somewhat limited information, and then the circumstances around him change. The environment changes. His relationships with the coaches change. Something goes wrong, or maybe it's some other reason. Whatever the reason is, he should be able to transfer without sitting out a year. So, <clears throat> can I use your Zach Moss example for a second? Yeah. Because uh, we'll use that example, but I, I think you're reading it wrong. Okay. Uh, whereas I do think that that could be a problem where you're just a feeder school for the major programs. I, I don't mean to, I know you're dismissing that, but I think that's an issue, but let me give you a different scenario. Okay. Zach Moss comes into Utah and he has to battle it out with Armand shine to be Joe Williams backup. Mm-hmm. And he has to do, he has to work pretty hard for a while. In fact, he didn't be, uh, totally beat out Armand shine until Armand shine got hurt. Right. So we're talking about a couple of years into his career. Oh yeah. Utah. But it was clear. So the bigger hey, issue. Well, hold on. It was clear over there that Zach Moss was going to be the, the man. Bigger, Everybody knew that the Jay. bigger issue is when he gets there and instead of wit being able to say, Hey, go battle it out for your, for your job. Wit has to go to him and say, Oh Zach, if it's okay with you, could you go get into the back of the line over there to do some drills? Now, I don't want you to overexert yourself and have a bad experience, oh, but go. I'm going to need you to participate in practice today. Is that all right? Feel bad for the coaches. Oh, come they just on, have to, the poor they, coaches. They're not going to be able to coach. They're going to just have to be kissing up the whole time. And whenever they have to tell a recruit or a, a freshman or a sophomore, say, hey, you're going to have to work hard and go earn that job, they're going to go, oh, I can't do that. I'm just going to go play Hold for the on. school down Hold the road. I That's talked, a fact. I talked to a star athlete today, Jake, who said that one of the reasons he went to the school he went to was because when he talked to the head coach at the school he said i can promise you nothing except for an opportunity to compete for a freaking job and that appealed to this particular athlete who turned into a star and that was the best way to go from the get-go anyway so i I, by the way 
Is that the way coaches are treated? Because they can jump whenever they want without penalty. In fact, they ask for their players to sacrifice, to be unselfish, to get out there and bust their humps and play for the name on the front of the uniform, not the name on the back. And then once the players go out and do that, he wins a bunch of games and then runs and signs a big contract at a different school and has no penalty whatsoever. He's gone and he's making five, six, seven million dollars a year. So the answer to your question is yes, coaches are treated that way. And you know that as well as I do, that to all the alumni and the president of the school and and right down to the media better bend the knee <laughs> for just the, the blessing of this person's presence. I, look, and this I, coach to stay at a school, you better I, not ruffle any feathers I, I, so he takes the next gig at Louisville. And by the yes, way, they are treated that by way, the way every I, single I, day. I know that there are fans out there of programs who are going to side with you on this because they they don't want it to be thinking they're going to be losing any players or anything in those spoiled athletes who get their way all the time and all yada, yada, yada. I understand that there that is a, a line of thought out there. Let me read you what Dick Saban told ESPN. He said, I don't know how you manage a roster once this goes into effect. I can't manage our roster now. And he talks about all the guys who left this program for whatever reasons. He said, you really have a three-year program at a place like Alabama. Boo-hoo, Nick. I'm not necessarily saying it's going to hurt our program because we'll do a hell of a job recruiting players leaving other places to come here. Oh, So there, Nick is essentially threatening everybody that if you pass this, we're going to come for your players. We're going to come get your guys because your guys would rather play for me than for you. And he's right. No, he's, he's not. right about every he word is, of that. He is, you know not, he is. He's not. All right, right we'll get to this that. later, not Tom. So oh, he's right about every word. Eighty-six East University Parkway. That's where we are. Our friend Tom with us from the warehouse. What's happening, Tom? I'm just glad I'm to the left. I know it. It happens from time to time, though. We just let Gordon cool off in this nice, comfortable, relaxing yeah, recliner. Okay. He's poking the bear, man. It's he's just. You know. Well, when he's wrong, he just digs in his heels. You know. But he's to your right, so how can he be wrong? He's right. Well, let's see what you're getting at. That's a Gordon joke right there. Yeah, I changed I subjects. That's <laughs> all I, like. I liked it a lot. Hey, listen, we, we have incredible deals on adjustable bed, and there's a lot of people out there who've been wanting an adjustable bed to change their life for a long time. And they go to the home show. They go to the state fair. They go to some of the really crazy expensive places, and they see these beds, 3000 4000 even as much as $12,000. At the warehouse, we are Utah's best resource to buy an adjustable bed. And real quick, Jake, Gordon's got a bed. We got to get you in an adjustable bed. I'm telling you, it's we got to get your wonderful. sweet wife and your sweet baby down here, and we need to let them play for a minute. And it would change her life. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. No, but, but not you, only that, he'd get more sleep and he'd be less ornery. He would. All the time, he would you know? not want to be. You're wrong all the time. Yeah. and he might say, "Yeah, yeah. is that why Gordon's turned so soft? Because yeah, he's, he's so sleeping nice. too well. Is that what's he going is so on? Nice, sleep like a baby. <laughs> hey, listen, we have a king adjustable bed. This is head up and foot up at eight hundred and ninety nine dollars. Let's say you want one that's got lots of features the one that you've seen for four thousand to twelve thousand bucks i have an incredible bed with two mattresses to choose from 
it is head up, foot up, like 20 settings for massage. It's got USB chargers for your phone. It's got LED lights. It's got an incredible warranty. And you can get a gel-infused hybrid mattress. The mattress alone would cost you $2,400 per side across the street or down the street. I'm going to do the entire package for $2,599. It's an incredible deal. Let's say you want a queen. I've got the very best latex hybrid with all of all of the features. There I go. I start choking again. All of the features for $12.99. You can't buy the mattress for that. Come and see us. We're going to make these deals good through Saturday at the warehouse in Salt Lake and in Orem. And not only that, but come and say hi to Vidal. He's feeling bad. And Clayton, Clayton needs some love. So come and say hi to Clayton. We're here at the warehouse What's the address? I forgot. 86 East University Parkway here in Orem or 1967 South, 300 West. You're pretty good at that, Jake. Hey, that's what I do. You're the man. Mark Pope joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 (laughs) The Zone. So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're here at the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. Drop on by and see us. Gordon, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now from just up the road, of course, the head basketball coach at BYU. He is Mark Pope with us here on the big show. Coach, thanks very much for a few minutes. How you doing? My pleasure, guys. How are you all? Hey, we're doing great, and I know I'm, I'm sure you're moving on next game, but take us back to that Gonzaga game from your perspective a little bit. It looked like you were enjoying yourself. Well, it, it was a special night. I mean, every senior night is so emotional, especially when you're team with the seniors that have, that have accomplished everything and been through everything that this group has and, um, and that is in the midst of trying to put together a, a really, really incredibly memorable season. So um, you add to the fact that we were fortunate enough to have, you know, the number two ranked team in the country here and a, and a rival in our league and the fact that we had just been ranked, you know, just got into the rankings and, you know, sold out jam had been sold out for a week leading up to it and all the fanfare about that and, and the, you know, one of the great marketing departments and home, you know, home court advantage in America. And it, it was an extraordinary night. So, Mark, I've uh, spoken with a few of your players to ask uh, what uh, secret sauce you're using at BYU, and they were very compl- they were very complimentary of you. Uh, some of them said the transition from from Dave was seamless, but they said that you caught their attention right away, challenging them to do all the little things necessary to turn them into big ones. And uh, I thought that was uh, quite a compliment to you. Well, 
you know, I'm the coach, and so they have to say nice things because uh, <laughs> I monitor every word that comes out of their mouth. So, we have really good players, and and even more importantly than that, we have uh, really good players that are have been willing. I mean, juniors, and I say this all the time, and it's what might get you know it might lose its views, but it's so incredible that I have this group of guys that are willing to um, downplay uh, their own deeply held personal agendas and sacrifice for this team. And that's that's the, the special sauce. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with these guys, these terrific players' commitment to – to, to work for each other and work together to, to try and accomplish something that none of them can do on their own. And it's pretty awesome. Coach Mark Pope with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And Coach, you've been with Jake Toulson kind of throughout his collegiate journey over there at UVU, BYU before that, and now back at, at BYU. Does it surprise you at all what a great fit he's been uh, with this team and how, well, seamless is a, is a great word it's been for him to, to work with those others? Uh, no, when, you know. First of all, because I know Jake so well, and he's such a he's such a competitor, and um, and he's he's grown. He was not always this way, but he's grown into the one one of the most extraordinary leaders I've ever been around. Um, and and you know, uh, he rolled in here actually, um, <clears throat> rolled into this gym in the summer. Uh, in the spring, actually, when he was trying to make a decision and and um, played pickup with our guys, and just the feedback that I got was just like they were just like they were meant to play together. And um, so I know him really well, and I know how hard he works, and I know how much he cares about his team. And and I also knew the, uh, I knew several of these guys on the same team. I was fortunate enough to be here when we were recruiting them. And um, and so I expected that, that they would be an unbelievable fit, and they sure have proven to be. Mark, that uh, that the only child is pretty good too. <laughs> well, he, you know, uh, good players can trick people because they they make you think that the, the coach is really good, right? Uh, this Yoli child makes life really easy. Um, he just is, you know, when you when you walk into a game and you can just uh, put twenty and ten in the bank. Uh, it is such an unbelievable luxury, and and he makes that happen. Um, he, he and he he's faced every type of defensive attack, um, you know, where people leave him alone, where people come after him on the bounce, where people come double him on the catch, where people send a third defender to him, and he's you know he's he's got so much experience. He's managed to kind of have answers to all of those issues and. And uh, you know he's 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 raised the level of his game uh, exponentially this season. It's just been it's just been amazing to watch. And, you know, you cap it off, and I really do believe this. I believe that this Gonzaga front line is probably the best front line in America. I really believe that in terms of how physical and effective, uh, and how incredibly well Coach Few uses them. Uh, and for Yoli to put on the show he did where on that night, you know, he, he really dominated the best front line in America uh, is, is a testament to him and what he's capable of doing. They couldn't stop him, man. I was covering that game, and I talked to you after the game. They, he was a man among boys there. He played with so much physicality and force. Uh, you know, he was cutting hard. Uh, you know, he banged a step-back three and, 
in the first 10 minutes of the game. And, uh, you know, he was so agile and physical in the post and so explosive and so smart. You know, he got guys up in the air. He worked his way around guys. He passed the ball out of the post incredibly well. He pushed the ball in transition. It's kind of a point forward in transition. Um, he, you know, there's not a lot of things. There's, there's not a lot of areas of the game that he didn't explore and, and execute effectively on Saturday night. You have a lot of uh, upperclassmen, a lot of seniors, uh, obviously, and uh, I know you've still got a, a little of the regular season left, but you've got, to, of course, the West Coast Conference tournament and then, uh, you know, knock on wood, uh, the NCAA tournament. Um, how nice is it to go into the tournament section of your schedule with upperclassmen who have that experience and leadership? Well, it's, it's incredibly important to me because I just have to have smart. So I need smart, veteran, savvy <laughs> guys to kind of be able to figure things out and and uh, we certainly have those. You know, I say this all the time, and it's just, it's just true. You know, one, seniors are magic. Um, you know, we talk about all the time in terms of, you know, a lot of times you'll see seniors that start out their season a little shakier. They have a shaky middle of their season. But in my experience with seniors, they usually uh, rise to the occasion when it matters down the stretch of the season and do really, really extraordinary things. And this crew has just proven that to be true uh, in spades. And the other great thing about seniors is, um, you know, while they don't make every shot and they still turn the ball over and still make mistakes, uh, they just understand more about how difficult it is to win in college basketball. That every game is so hard to win. Uh, they actually believe you when you talk about the fact that this Pepperdine game coming up on the road on Saturday is going to be harder than the Gonzaga game that we just played. Um, that every game throughout the season gets harder and that your focus has to continue growing and growing and fine-tuning and your effort has to increase beyond what you even imagine you could deliver on the floor for you to stay competitive as the season goes on. And that's one of the great luxuries of having a veteran team. And, and, um, and it's been really, really a joy to coach these guys because they, they've embraced those ideas so far this season and hopefully will continue to embrace them. Mark, one of the things that, uh, that Jake and I have commented on about your team this year, there's a lot of fight in this team. And uh, they, they're actually willing to play defense as well. I, that really stands out to me. That's not meant as a criticism of anybody who came before you. But I'm telling you, somehow you have gotten that message across to these guys, like you were just talking about, that they're willing to go out and mix it up a little bit. I, I'm not used to seeing that down there in uh, Cougar land. Well, you know, I love guys to have a chip on their shoulder. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'll talk about transfers, and maybe that'll be a good way to explain this. So I was a transfer, uh, and so I, I'm really speaking about myself more than anybody else. Every single transfer, um, they by definition have a little bit of quit in them because they – went somewhere with a plan and for whatever reason it didn't work and so they quit. I mean, you can't get away from it. And and they also usually have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder in terms of they feel like they were underestimated or undervalued or underappreciated or overlooked. And so when we're dealing with transfers, that's what we really look for is 
We know everybody has both those things in them, but where is the lean? Is the lean towards having an angry chip on their shoulder where they're going to go prove to the world that they're better than they were, than, than they were evaluated as? Or are they a lean to like being a little beaten and defeated and pouty and, and finding a way out, right? When you get those transfers um, that have that fight and, and that resolve that they're going to go prove that all the people that discounted them are wrong, you got, you got some special sauce. And I'll say that for veteran guys, too. Um, you know, uh, you, probably not a better example than T.J. Haas, who unfairly has taken a little bit of a beating over his tenure here um, because the immediate expectations when he rolled onto campus were so incredibly just, just – they were just off the charts. And so he is, he's endured that, and it has changed him and grown him into this completely fearless, completely dedicated, um, focused player on winning games. It, it, it's so incredible to watch this young man go to work. Um, and, and I do think that this team has that really, really hard lean to a chip on their shoulder um, where this, this team is eager. They're anxious. They're just dying for people to tell them what they can't do so they can go prove it. And, um, you know, when you get a group that can rally around that kind of feel, I do think really special things can happen. And I think it's been a, a huge kind of um, gathering point and motivating, motivating factor for our team. Well, Coach, we can't thank you enough for a few minutes, and uh, good luck uh, with the, the rest of the regular season can, and into can Vegas. I, can I sneak one more question in, Mark? I wanted yeah. to I mean, After the San Francisco game, I was down there, and you said something about your team that I thought was really poignant. You said, this is a dangerous, dangerous team. Yeah. So my question for you now is, I know you're all aboard with this group. You believe in them. How good can this team be moving over the next month? Well, I'll tell you this. This is what I believe, and it's it's what we live by. Um, I'll I'll turn the question back on you. You just think about how good you think we can be, and our goal is to be just a little bit better. And, um, you know, that's what we want to do. That's what we talk about all the time. We want to... We want to, we want to, you know, shock people, and, and we want to do things that they say we can't do. And so, you know, whatever it is in 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 your mind that you say, ah, man, I think this is their ceiling. Let us know because that is our motivator, right? Um, and doesn't mean you always make it there, but it means we're chasing it really, really hard. Uh, with all that said, all that's fun, pretty fancy language. We have to go find a way to win this game Saturday, and it is going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be the toughest game we've ever played. Um, and the guys practice really hard today, and and I think they understand that. And the test for us, the immediate test ahead of us right now, the only test ahead of us right now is can we find a way to come beat a really really explosive team on their home court on their senior night, and and, and that's squarely where we're focused. So first things first, and that's first. Good luck at Pepperdine, Coach. Thank you so much. Guys, I appreciate you, man. You guys are the best. Coach Mark Pope, head coach at BYU. Whatever standard you'd set, Gordon, just a little better. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people out there that would probably motivate that team a whole lot with their 
limited expectations. Like uh, my prediction, they'll lose by 30 to Pepperdine? Or? <laughs> exactly. All right. Yeah, yeah, but see, if you said it there, then... then Coach like may or may not have given me some shine off air for them, by the way. <laughs> may or may not have. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more from the warehouse coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're live at the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway here in Orem. Still have some jazz gear for you. We'll get more into the jazz coming up in the uh, 6 o'clock hour. I want to say a big thanks to Mark Pope for jumping on the show today. Thought he was very good. Yeah. What are your expectations? Because he said whatever they were, they were going to exceed them. Um, baseline? I'd expect the finals in the WCC tournament, and I won game in the tournament in the NCAAs. At least. That's my bottom line. So then he would be pushing for at least a Sweet 16. Pushing, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I don't know if it's fair to expect that, but pushing, yeah. I was impressed by what I saw against Gonzaga, man. I, They're good. That Gonzaga team is tough. And they have good guards. They have a good big. They, they're they're veterans. I mean, there's there's everything to like about them. It's like we said earlier, though. They will not get that kind of emotional push probably ever again. Those seniors won't. Uh, well, you hope they're seniors and they don't need it. But, yeah. I You're mean, right, Gordon. They can't do it without the emotional push. Why are they even trying? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that that is a, uh, a major benefit. Not going to get the emotional push at uh, the Orleans, so why even go? <laughs> Nice try. Good effort. Good effort. Nice try. Save the school some money and just stay back. <laughs> no, but it will be interesting to see if there is a rematch in Vegas, how that one goes. I'm telling you, it'll be he's all. Right. He's right, though. That that game against Pepperdine, that's a, I think that's a trap, man. They, they, well, better, they, they better be yeah. ready to go there or else they're going to lose that one. They're only 4-4 four and four down there in their time in the incriminating audio tournament. So. Yeah. No, I'm not going to I'm not going to bet an incriminating You probably audio. should, though. Why? What do you mean, why? What, what, what bet do you want to make? I don't know. You you think Pepperdine's going to win? Uh, uh, well, I'm not sure I'm saying that, but it's a, a definite possibility. Oh. Say it that way. I'm not going to say that anybody's going to win or lose by 30. Yeah, who would? But it sounds like you just made the bet. No, I didn't. No. All right, we're <laughs> we're here at the warehouse, eighty six okay? East University Parkway. Yes, I'm fine. Tom has uh, has had a little bit of that today, and it's it's spreading. It's My contagious. choking is contagious. What's going on, Tom? Let's save some folks some money. Hey, adjustable beds. If you have ever wanted one, this is the weekend to buy because you will never find a better deal. I'm going to go through both the queens and the kings, Jake. All right. How about four ninety nine for a queen with a, a gel-infused memory foam ma- mattress? Let's say you want a little bit nicer. I have a package for ten ninety nine. The mattress that you can get with that bed across the street is $1,700. And let's say you want the nice package that's four to $8,000 depending on where you go. We can do a latex 14-inch hybrid with a base that has every feature. Every feature. The whole thing. 
the entire deal for $1,299. You can't beat it. Now let's move to Kings. I have a King, a solid King gel-infused memory foam bed with head up and foot up. The entire bed, $899. The better. I've got a $1,999 package. I've got three mattresses to choose from. It has no massage, but it has head up. It has foot up. It's a really nice package, $1,999. It's, it's the one everybody promotes at $3,900. We're half price. Then, if you want an incredible package, loaded base, Head up, foot up, massage. It's got like 24 different settings for the massage. Head up intensity, foot up intensity. So you can massage your feet at a higher rate than your head. It's got LED lights underneath so you can get up in the middle of the night and not trip. It's got USBs to charge your phone. It's got everything. And then I have two incredible mattresses to choose from. Uh, we're looking at them right there. The gray gel-infused hybrid with the memory foam. This is high-end viscose memory foam. It's not the cheap stuff. Really incredible deal, $25.99. Wow. The best weekend to buy an adjustable bed. And we'll do financing. You come in, I'll give you free mattress protector if you mention the zone. I will also give you one year same as cash. Awesome. If you have no credit, no problem, 100 days same as cash. Take advantage of it. 86 East University Parkway here in Orem, 1967 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. More big shows straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Kurt Healer and ProBasketballTalk.com and NBCSports.com. This is like a trip at Disneyland, man. It, there's a lot of highs and a lot of lows so far this year. Yeah, it's been really up and down for a team that I think what's throwing us all off is we came into this year thinking, well, hey, we kind of know what the problems are. And I think, the, you know, the additions of Mike Conley and everything and the Bogdanovich in the offseason, they've really solved, you know, taken steps in the right direction. This, is, this should all come together. And it just hasn't in any kind of consistent way. There's been flashes, and you know, Rudy's played some good defense still, but nothing has come together of late, and it's it's just confusing. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to Tom and the gang here at the warehouse. They've been gracious hosts, as usual, 86 East University Parkway here in Orem. Uh, stay tuned. The movie zone is coming up next. Austin Horton and Adrian Leiser. And I like their their uh, their poll question this week. You want to? Yeah. Because I think I know what your answer would be. Uh, Austin, hit us with the poll question. Yeah, so uh, with things the way they are, excuse me, with things the way they are recently in Jazzland, it hit me last night. What is a movie that no matter how many times you watch it, it puts you in a better mood? Family Man. Oh, see, oh, I thought geez. your answer would be Schind- uh, Schindler's List for no, sure. Of course. Because I... that's your favorite holiday movie. Oh, of course. <laughs> Just a real uplifter. I... No, I'd go with The Family Man. I love that movie. Oh, I, I don't know how. We had, it says a lot about we you had that you love that movie. Tom, have you seen The Family Man? It's and, and, and what did you think? I think that it's uh, funny. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Right. Well, it makes me feel good. You enjoy Why? That. Because I believe in love. Mine would be 
Princess Bride because I watched it with my kids when they were little, oh, and they nice. still love it. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. All right, I would say Major League. It's inconceivable. All right, oh, I watched that just I the other night movie. again. That's funny. Sandlot's my other one. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, he loves that one. All right, Movie Zone's coming up next. We'll Ooh. talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Bye-bye.